This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. From our virtual studios in the Netherlands. And more importantly, Camarillo, California. It's time once again for your favorite show and my favorite show. Yes, it is The Marketing Geeks, ladies and gentlemen. If it's not your favorite show, by the end of this episode, it will be because we are going to deliver the goods. Get excited. Oh, yeah. So we're going to talk about predictions for 2018, 2019. It's 2019 2019, I hope. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to give you all the skinny. Should you invest in Bitcoin? Should you go see the new Star Wars movie? Should you use Facebook marketing, Google AdWords? Or should you just shout from the rooftops, hey, everybody, I just want to listen to Marketing Geeks. That's what I would recommend. I kind of like your idea of 2018 predictions. Uh, I think Bitcoin is going to go down. That's what I'm thinking. No, no. It's going to go to 100,000. (laughs) and now everybody once again here we are it is time for the absolute best show that you're listening to right now it's the marketing geeks hello everybody this episode is brought to you by la quinta by window your work can take you all over the place like texas you've never been but it's going to be great because you're staying at la quinta by window Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters. And, what do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. We're here. We're back. Yes. It's awesome. So, yes, we're going to go over predictions uh, for 2019. We're going to talk about marketing trends, what you should expect as a marketer if you are a digital agency, if you are a freelancer, or if you're just a business owner who does your own marketing. We are going to go over all the things that you need to know to be successful for the coming year. Uh, What do you think, my friend? what's 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 your big prediction right off the top? My big prediction for 2019, man, you're putting me on the spot. Uh, what's the the big one? The big one is that I, I think that Avengers uh, Endgame is going to be the number one grossing movie in the box office. There you go. I'm, yeah. I'm going out on a limb. I, I'm going crazy here. Ooh. I mean, this is this is like way out there, but that's what I'm going with. Wow, that's uh, that is a a big one. This is a big one. <laughs> I uh, I don't know if I could top that personally. So I think that uh, for 2019, well, we will uh, we will hear all of our predictions. So 
coming up. How are you, buddy? Uh, uh, you know, first of all, we want to give a shout out to all of our seven listeners. Uh, in fact, uh, there's one listener who uh, uh, we definitely want to give a shout out. Who is that? So our newest subscriber, Keith Hearn. Thank you. Thank you for subscribing. Uh, however, uh, when you subscribed through the uh, through the hosting platform the way that you did, it did not give us your email address. So if you're listening, Keith, uh, please either message myself or Andros on LinkedIn or Facebook or shoot us an email at realmarketinggeeks at gmail.com. And we will deliver you the uh, recordings of the webinars. Um, so we want to make sure to to give you that we are giving you the shout out though keith because you're awesome and uh that said we also want to remind everybody that uh we are doing another free webinar it's coming up what's the date on that it's a good question it's a great great question almost um, as good as as predictions for 2019 right <laughs> yes <laughs> It looks like Thursday, December 20th, we are doing that webinar at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So go to the show notes, uh, get the registration link, get registered. We're going to be covering the secrets of Google AdWords and YouTube ads, and you're going to love it. So grab that out of the uh, out of the show notes. Okay. Yeah. And if, if you are uh, listening deep into 2019, into the future, and you missed the uh, webinar altogether, you can see a replay of it with a small donation of uh, $5 or more. Four ninety nine. Yeah. What a deal. Yeah. four ninety nine, five dollars $5, whatever. You can round it up. Yeah. <laughs> what a deal. And uh, uh, very shortly, we're going to start doing our group calls for people who are uh, $20 subscribers and above, where you can get access to us and ask us anything you want, including what color our socks are, <laughs> uh, you know, what we like to eat. You know, if, uh, if that's Justin's real hair, you can ask all of it. Yes. And we'll give you the real, the real lowdown, the real answers. Don't worry. Uh, that's and right. then I, I do want to, I do want to give a shout out to our, our, um, our current, our current other subscribers that are re-upping this month. We have uh, Jessica Wynn is uh, is still with us here. We got Roger Morris. Yay! And then, of course, um, a former guest of the show, actually, Iris Garretts, uh, is, is yeah. currently donating to the show as well. So, Thanks, everybody. A, a yeah. <laughs> that means that we've got we've got uh, what forty percent of our seven listeners are actually uh, yeah yeah I know yeah a lot of a lot of you are already donating money it's pretty awesome so it's more than more than fifty percent of our listeners are giving us um, you know donating money to the show to support us so that we can keep this thing alive yeah so grateful so grateful and <laughs> twenty nineteen is actually going to be a good year for the show because we're going to uh, be creating uh, a, a, an enhanced experienced. And uh, stay tuned because we will tell you all about what the future of the show holds because big things are afoot. So uh, without further ado, let's get in to some marketing news. Mm. 
I love it. So here we are talking about some interesting marketing news. We read the news so you don't have to. Uh, Google has just introduced a WordPress plugin with integrated analytics, search console, and more. This is pretty cool. Uh, basically, uh, it's a plugin directly for uh, WordPress. Now, of course, WordPress has just come out with a new version of, uh, of WordPress. It's 5.0. Gutenberg has a web builder, makes it very easy to build a website if you've never done it before. And uh, now there's a plugin from Google that allows you to connect Google Analytics uh, directly to it so you can see your Google Analytics uh, from the back end of the website without having to go to Google Analytics itself. That's kind of neat. That's very so, nice. Uh, and if you've ever used Google Analytics, you know that it can be, uh, it can be, it's quite cumbersome. It's quite, uh, you have to know what you're doing to use it. So uh, hopefully this simplifies it a little bit for, uh, for, for other people too. But at the very least, it'll simplify that you could just track one website through one plugin. I like that. Yeah, and uh, the beta version is uh, active right now. It's uh, uh, if you just look up uh, Google Site Kit for WordPress, you should be able to find it uh, and get the beta version of the uh, plugin. But the full version will be released later this year, so that's pretty cool. And in other Google news, uh, some Google products are getting sunsetted, shutting down completely. One of them is, uh, did you ever use Google Allo? Uh, I've, ever- I've heard of it. That's as far as I got with it. I, I, somebody, yeah. I think I even downloaded the app once, but I never used it. I don't think I ever opened the app, but I downloaded it. <laughs> well, Google Allo was, uh, it hasn't been around very long. It's, uh, it was a short-lived product. It was a chat bot virtual assistant for your phone and designed to basically be a, uh, a sort of uh, AI virtual assistant. And uh, so that, uh, it was a cross between like a chat app uh, and an AI app, uh, but uh, nobody really used it. So uh Google Allo is uh disappearing and so is uh Google Hangouts. Uh yeah. that is also disappearing and then uh the uh Google Plus which was of course the uh Google's uh entry into social media. It was their answer for Facebook. Right, which <laughs> which wasn't a good answer at all because there was a huge hack that uh, found they had been uh, it had been exploited for years, and uh, I don't think they can fix it, so they're shutting the entire platform down. So uh, you know, let's uh, let us say uh, good night and good luck to uh, these Google products and uh, entry into a new world of other Google products. So, Godspeed. There you go. Godspeed, y'all. Uh, what do you got for us, man? Um, Instagram is launching a walkie-talkie voice messaging feature, which is basically what exists on Facebook Messenger for quite a while now. Uh, and essentially all this is, is that you can leave a voice message and send it via direct messenger, uh, in, in, uh, Instagram. So it's, a, I guess it's kind of a, a cool feature. It makes it a little bit more personalized or depending on who you are, some people find it probably more personalized. Some people probably find it annoying when they get, especially if it's somebody you don't know, that's leaving you a voice message, which uh, I do sometimes get in Facebook. Um, but they're they're kind of interesting, and, and sometimes I respond to them, sometimes I don't. It depends what kind of mood I'm in that day. So there you go. 
So it sounds like they're kind of integrating some of the WhatsApp functionality directly into uh, directly into Instagram because you can do exactly. That. No, that's what they're. That's what this whole uh, this whole article is saying that this technology has existed for five years in Messenger and WhatsApp, but it's now being ported over to Instagram, basically. So great for those of you too lazy to type an emoji, <laughs> you can now just say, "I'm sad." <laughs> I'm, I'm sad. I'm happy. So there you go. And they've added so many new emojis. Though. It's so great now. I mean, like, you know, I mean, I can express so many new emotions that I never even knew existed. But you know what you can't express? Marketing geek. They need a marketing geek emoji. Oh, they will. They will make it because this show yeah. just continues to explode. It's going to be exponential growth next year. So it's not going to take long. I'll tell you that. That's That's right. That's right. Uh, um, this is kind of interesting. There is a new feature in Alexa, which will allow you to read your email. So uh, this is kind of uh, an interesting thought because if you do any kind of email marketing, we covered email marketing last week. Uh, very thorough conversation with uh, our guest, Justin Womack, who is a email marketing king. Yeah, he was really uh, good, too. Yeah. yeah, he was great. Great. We should bring him back um, at some point. Uh, we, uh, uh, we found out that Alexa is going to allow you to read your emails, which says two things. Number one, Alexa is going to be reading your emails. So, uh, of course, they're going to be taking that data and selling you crap with it. Uh, but the other thing is that if you're doing email marketing and you use, let's say, a lot of photos or you use the wrong kind of headlines, uh, Alexa will skip your emails. So if you haven't listened to our last show that talked about email marketing, definitely do that because some of the tips and tricks that we talked about in there will apply to this new uh, uh, sort of thing. So uh, if you if you are an email marketer, this is definitely something that you want to pay attention to because people are going to have their emails read to them through uh, digital assistance uh, from here on. That's it's very interesting. But, you know, like like you said, though, I mean, Amazon, it's not enough that they're listening to our verbal conversations. They also want to read our emails because sometimes we're reading in our own heads, you know, internal monologues and they can't hear those yet. So they, they just want us to give them access to the emails so they can read those, too. Right. Of course. <laughs> so um, uh, anything else that you got for us? Is uh, that, that's, uh, that's, it for, that's it for Geek News. Uh, all right. All right. So uh, on to the meat of our show. So uh, we, wa- we want to go over some, um, uh, some of our predictions for 2019. I always like to uh, do a little... Uh, you know, just my own predictions. I, I predicted uh, last year that uh, Bitcoin was going to dip and then continue to rise. I was completely wrong about that. Uh, I know. I predicted that, uh, I predicted that by, uh, by this time, uh, some people in the uh, current administration would be arrested, and I was correct on half of those people. <laughs> some of those people have not been arrested yet, but I think they're going to be arrested next year um, because of, uh, you know, the deep state and all that. You know, I didn't get any guacamole on my chips. It must be the deep state. And um, so uh, – uh, so, but we want to go over some of our big predictions for this year, and boy, we have a lot of them. That's Are you right. ready? 
I'm ready. All right. Okay. Okay. So, uh, first of all, you know, uh, there's a, uh, there's definitely some, some trends that, that, uh, Justin and I have been noticing and, uh, there's been, uh, some, some revelations within the marketing community specifically as, uh, the agency model itself starts to crumble in a way for, you know, you, we've got, uh, the gig economy, we've got more freelancers, we got virtual, uh, virtual agencies. In fact, uh, I, I, I guess you could say that I run a virtual agency. Justin, you, you're part of a virtual network as well, right? Yeah. I mean, I run a virtual business basically, and, uh, you could call it an agency, except I don't have, uh, too many employees. So yeah, but yes, virtual agency. Yeah. And so, um, and this is kind of interesting because, you know, there, there's, there's an interesting phenomenon, uh, happening where the economy is shrinking. And part of the, the reason that it's shrinking is because, uh, people are, are now the, the nature of work is changing. Uh, automation is displacing people. Uh, there are more and more people who are doing the gig economy, which means that they can't afford health insurance, which means that they can't afford to uh, buy consumer goods as much. This is part of the reason that the stock market is shrinking. I don't see that as something that's going to change. But uh, but one thing that's not going to change is the need to do advertising. So the nature of advertising is going to be the same. And a lot of times when uh, companies scale back on their entire like workforce or on certain uh, you know hiring people or upgrades, then they actually have a little bit more money for advertising. So some of the companies that you may be working for will still need advertisers and marketers. So everybody who's listening to the show is in good shape there. If you're a freelancer, yeah. let me add a few so, things because before because um, I want to comment on a few things you said earlier, and then we can get back into advertising. Uh, but the gig economy is interesting because it's not just people that are working for the gig economy. It's companies that are replacing, you know, traditional W-2 based jobs with uh, hiring 1099 contractors for much cheaper to do, uh, you know, those kind of uh, do those kind of jobs. So it's companies are saving money by using the gig, gig economy by not having to pay benefits to those kind of employees, too. Right. So that's I, right. I, I, that's can, right. I think that's going to especially. Yeah. Yeah. And especially if you like, you know, you hire, you know, like myself or Justin, a lot of times, you know, we will take on a job and we'll hire specialists for certain things that we may not be able to do. So when if you're competent in that level, then you part of the angle that you can uh, use in your uh, closing for for these types of jobs when you're uh, negotiating with a, a company or a um, you know, someone who a business that wants to hire you, you can tell them like, Hey, you know, for the price of uh, me or for even half the price of, of a normal employee, you get myself and a whole team. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of times it's a, it's a value add for them because they don't have to hire a whole marketing team and a video person and, you know, the Google AdWords person, they can hire like one virtual agency for, uh, for, probably about half the cost of a normal employee and uh, not have to pay those types of benefits. So, so th this type of disruption is going to be more of a thing as we move into 2019 and beyond. So, you know, what's um, interesting though, is like, uh, cause you know that I'm, I'm on Fiverr as a Fiverr pro. 
So I, I kind of mm-hmm. I work in this in this gig economy as a, a supplementary source of income. Now, um, what's interesting though is that I got an email this year where they're actually offering health insurance to uh, to Fiverr freelancers. I don't know what the qualifications were. I'm sure I would qualify. How, uh, however, my wife works for city government, so I don't um, I don't need those benefits. But it's just kind of interesting that Fiverr actually reached out and is offering some kind of a health program. So I didn't get all the details. I just know that they're doing that. Which is, uh, huh. yeah, a change. Yeah, that is a change. You know, and it's. Uh, I have a. I have a. Um, uh, a friend of mine that works for a glass manufacturing plant, and uh, uh, I was told that people are not buying as much uh, glass anymore. They they provide glass for restaurants and uh, for IKEA and these types of things. But uh, because people aren't going out as much, and we see this in the you know uh, in the retail apocalypse, more people are staying home, so they're not going out uh, to eat, which means that there's not as much glass being built uh, or or purchased, and uh, and people are sharing, you know, doing more of, of uh, uh, you know sharing resources rather than buying their own resources. So there is definitely a contraction of uh, the economy. So uh, how that affects your marketing is going to be very important because if people are being a bit more discerning about how they're spending their money, then you have to be uh, smart about how you're doing your marketing too. So one of the things that uh, I predict is that the way that you do avatar-based marketing or you know you look for certain segments, segment-based marketing, uh, the way that you do that has got to change also because people's buying habits are starting to shift radically as well. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think avatar-based advertising, personally, I, th- I think it's, it's still going to work, but it's, gonna, it's getting to the point where you have to like niche you basically need to segment if you have a list or you have a if you have a avatar population you need to segment that even further down because people are so into personalization and they're um they're they're wising up to automation so i mean it's it's becoming trickier to to get people's attention and and you really need you really need to hit them on a personal level to get their attention um, because if if you're using any kind of generic language, I, I, I think that's not really going to work. Um, and going back to this advertising thing, Andres, that you know we're talking about how advertising is changing too. I I believe um, as far as platforms go, I think that right now, I mean, I would say that Facebook and let's see, like Facebook is probably number one in advertising. I, I mean, I, I know it is. Uh, Google number two. Instagram is a subsection of Facebook, but I would say that's probably like the number three platform, then maybe YouTube, and then um, and then Amazon or something. Amazon. So this year, though, 2019, I predict Amazon is going to have a tremendous rise in advertising um, money invested. And I, I believe Facebook's going to see a decline because partially because of the controversies, but more so because the prices on Facebook continue to rise and it's a supply and demand issue. And I think I think Facebook, um, more and more people are learning how to use the platform and they're investing there, but nobody's going to know how to use Amazon uh, advertising, none of the, not the general population anyway. And then I think that there's going to be money shifting to YouTube too, which we're going to be doing a webinar on shortly. Um, but a lot of people don't know how to use YouTube advertising. And when, when people don't know how to use it in mass quantities, the prices are lower. And, uh, but eventually that, you know, it'll shift again. And so uh, you have to kind of stay ahead of these trends. And I think Amazon and YouTube are the, uh, Amazon, YouTube, and a little bit of Instagram are the places to advertise in 2019. Those are my opinions. 
Yeah, for sure. And then the, the then the question is, what kind of advertising? So uh, another prediction is that it's really going to start to come down to quality content. So rather than just creating stuff that shouts at you that this is an advertisement for a product, you need to make content that seems to fit seamlessly into someone's uh, stream. So the, uh, the uh, content that you create, that you use for marketing, has to be something that is engaging, something that people want to talk about and share, because uh, one of the things that I'm noticing more and more, and it's trickier to do, is that if you do a sales-oriented pitch, people will just turn off. They're not into it anymore. Yeah. There, there's a huge desire for authenticity, realism, um, people want something that means something. And so for, for, uh, if you're not creating quality content, then your message will not be heard. So, so what kind of quality content does that mean? Like what, well, what does, uh, when I say quality content, what is, what does that mean well, to let you? Let me, let me say a few things here. So, um, cause I, I pulled up a, a Forbes article kind of before we started, um, before we started recording here. And the article talked about how people are putting more and more trust into uh, different sources than before. So the top four sources that people seek right now are um, people they know. Um, they're seeking branded sites, editorial sites, or review sites. And those are the, those are the, the sources that they trust um, the most, more so than advertisements. So I think uh, I think what's part right. of this what's happened is that people have been duped by um, by either ads that overpromised and underdelivered, or or just they feel like they're they're just being inundated with so many ads on social media and these other platforms now that they're they're not as effective as they once were because they're you know they're oversaturated. Um, a couple other points from this though are that in uh, in twenty at the end of this year twenty eighteen. Um, it's anticipated that 30% of internet users will be using ad blockers. So uh, the more, you know, more and more internet yeah. users are blocking the ability to advertise to them anyway. So that's going to be a challenge. I mean, there's still 70% of the open market there, but that's, uh, and advertisers will continue to beat ad blockers too. And then we'll, you know, we'll, we'll find new ways to, to make them work, but it's a, it's always a challenge. It's something to be aware of. And like you said, Andres, though, I think we are moving into a more of a content marketing world where if you're not, if you are not in it to provide value up front and, and it has to be real value too, not just like, here's a, a checklist of, of five things where it's like five things that I could Google and find super easily. And I'm just giving this to you. It has to be something that's actually value to the end user, actually, actually valuable. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think we're moving more and more into that. So that's a good point. So, so as yeah, as far as quality, and here's a perfect example. Like I have a client right now, they do um, uh, fleet tracking for cars. So you have a uh, a bunch of autos that you want to track to make sure the drivers aren't, you know, going to Disneyland or whatever that they're uh, that they're actually going on their appointed rounds. So uh, it's kind of Big Brother software, but all of their their they had a few videos, and but all of their content was really sales oriented, like. Um, you know, the, the feature benefits sort of, uh, way of, of doing, uh, advertising and, uh, very sales oriented. And so when I was hired, they were having some trouble like being seen in the marketplace. So what I did was I started creating some content around, uh, starting off with just like, 
uh, a video that's more informational about why you need this particular product. So I start off with a bunch of data. Like, did you know that 80% of employees spend three hours a day or more uh, not working, right? So uh, you you set up a, uh, a bunch of information and statistics on the front end, give them some information that they need to know, how to solve this problem. And at the very end, you go, oh, P.S., if you want a good way to solve this problem, here's the product that might help you. So it's not, instead of doing this hard sell, you make it more like, a, like yeah. an infographic uh, like a visual infographic than an actual sales uh, thing. And that's, so as far as quality content, you have to give something of value to people. And this is becoming more and more of a thing. Um, I was working for a beauty brand and uh, they insisted on having all of their advertisements be just pictures of the product and in a studio. And uh, they were surprised that nobody was clicking through their ads because nobody wants to be advertised to it anymore. So the, when you create content, make sure it's quality content, make sure it's something of value, and make sure that it's something that looks like it could have been shared by somebody yes. else. So, so we see this trend of content marketing coming. Um, the trend of influencer marketing is still as relevant as ever going into 2019. Oh, that's huge. So I, I think that's going to continue. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, other things that are that are coming though are like content marketing is not just written. Content marketing is also people that do YouTube channels or people that run things like podcasts. So, uh, you know, podcast marketing right. is a growing sector. And uh, I believe that it's going to continue to grow, especially in the advertising space. And, uh, and again, the reason is because it, it's a, it gets a, it gets a strong amount of reach. Uh, listeners tend to, to stay on podcasts longer than videos and, uh, the audiences tend to be more engaged and, and they're getting, I mean, if you're listening to a podcast, I hope it's giving you value because that's the, that's the point you should be getting, you should be getting a fair amount of, of value from a podcast. So there's, uh, there's opportunities to advertise on podcasts as well. And, uh, operators are standing by. But but not, but not only but not only that I mean you you bring up a good point with podcasts so again this goes into quality content uh, in fact uh, just uh, two days ago I did a uh, a small consulting meeting with a production company a film production company here in the Netherlands and they were trying to figure out how to get people to become more aware of their films they have a slate of about twenty movies a year so one of the things I recommended to them is like hey why don't you do a podcast where you uh, basically interview different people who are involved in the production of the films. So you, you get film buffs to uh, listen to your podcast, but you also build up a, a certain amount of buzz as well. And so one of the things that I've been starting to uh, uh, recommend to almost every company I'm doing consulting work for is run a podcast about your business, because I guarantee you there's other people within that business who will be interested in what you have to say. Uh, around that. So yeah, doing a podcast around your business is definitely something that it's cheap. It's easy. Um, in fact, we're going to, in 2019, I have a prediction yeah. that we're going to do a uh, webinar on podcasting. I hope so. We've been talking about it for quite some time. <laughs> I know. Well, you know what it is? We're waiting until we have seven actual, uh, all of seven listeners are actually giving us uh, a small donation until they're they're here every time yeah, yeah once we have seven donors right. then we're then we're really in the big leagues so that's what we yeah. need now um <laughs> sorry that's really funny uh you know but also <laughs> uh, also what, what's funny is uh not funny is that the referral referral relationships are also a big source of income and i think that's going to continue to expand and that's why 
uh, if you've listened to the show before, I've promoted uh, referral marketing products. And, you know, so if you're, if you're looking to advertise, you know, I would say that it's, it's kind of important to shift some of your advertising budget away from pure cold market advertising and start putting some of it back into your current clients. Um, because if you actually put some money into your current clients, a lot of them will do more business with you. So you're either going to sell more to them or they're going to refer you new clients um, and opportunities will open up. So I, I see a lot of value in um, putting out some additional resources into your existing clients and taking good care of them because that's what it's it's doing the things that other companies are unwilling to do, right? So when you're doing yeah, that, and it's yeah. it's it, that, that's a good point. In fact, if you want to um, know more about that, we did a episode on reciprocity, on uh, reciprocal uh, marketing. So that would be a good uh, callback to listen to if you uh, if you want to know more about that. Correct. So, um, yeah, but, uh, definitely like taking, being more customer service oriented, uh, taking care of the customer journey and the customer experience. That's something that you definitely have to be more cognizant of, uh, moving forward. One of the other interesting things that is a, uh, uh, kind of a small tweak in just the way that we receive media is the age of vertical videos. Now, uh, a long time ago, which was like last year, I would always tell people, if you're going to film something, never, ever hold the film, uh, the, the camera vertically, always hold it horizontally. So it gives you that nice aspect ratio, uh, that we're used to in the movies, that kind of postcard shape. Uh, but, uh, but nowadays, uh, people have been getting more and more used to watching, uh, videos shot on their cell phone, just vertically, uh, especially with Instagram stories and, uh, you know, different, um, uh, different platforms like that, where we're, 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 it's, we're becoming accustomed to just seeing a vertical video. Mm -hmm. So, uh, now I, it doesn't really matter if you, uh, shoot a video vertically. In fact, if you're going to shoot a video that's going to be on Instagram well, then vertical might be the way to go because it actually, most people are watching video that way. So this is kind of an interesting shift in perspective because if you do hold the phone uh, horizontally, then the video will be smaller on the, uh, on the phone itself when people are watching it. Most people will not tilt their phone uh, sideways. Well, so we're moving, uh, we're moving into, uh, I mean, as time goes on, mobile will be absolutely dominating the way that we consume media, right? So, uh, well, this is now, it, it, it is, is already now, now yeah. but so, it's going to continue to expand even more and more and more. And so people are watching videos on their cell phone. So the cell phone is designed for vertical videos. I mean, really? So it, it makes, it makes sense to me. So, right. Yeah. So, so in the old days when, you know, when it used to be like frame the video in a way that, uh, you know, you, the rule of thirds where you have like your subject on one third of the, uh, of the screen, either on the, on the left half or the right half. Now you've got to frame your videos. So it is more vertical oriented. So, uh, as a, as a filmmaker and a, a lover of film, it, it makes me cringe to think about this, <laughs> but, uh, you have to, you have to think about all of your marketing now as mobile first, especially 
think 2019. Uh, mobile, in fact, now that Google has changed our algorithms, so if your site, if your website is not mobile optimized, they're going to dock you. They're going to actually uh, derank your site, even if it has good ranking. So uh, you'll have to make sure that your site is mobile optimized. It is uh, what Google calls AMP ready. They have their own little system for making sure that it, it's uh, mobile in the best way possible. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, think about just the, like your own mobile experience when you're sitting on the toilet, like reading the news and you know, going through Facebook, what are the things that you stop on? What are the things that you, you read? Uh, you need to make sure that all the content that you're creating and all the marketing you're doing fits around a uh, mobile phone. Now, I watched an interesting video about advertising yesterday that was about um, – it was basically about how to get attention in advertising. And, you know, one of the things they were discussing was that when you – if you're on your – if you're on Facebook, a lot of people are just scrolling through their feeds like pretty fast and, and moving really, really quick. So uh, the idea was that the the visual the visual imagery of your ad is actually more important than ever in terms of getting somebody's attention. So I'm kind of backtracking here. I'm going back into advertising, but I'm um, but if you're not if you're not adding like you know filters or doing something that kind of shocks the system, so you should be you should be adding contrast to the photos or doing or going into like black and white or doing something that shocks the system that uh, actually disrupts the pattern of just scrolling through your phone constantly. Uh, if you're not doing that, you're missing an opportunity to actually get attention um, on mobile. So that's uh, that's something I thought right. I wanted to discuss too. Is that the the images that you're using in your ads are becoming more and more and more and more important, even if it's video, the thumbnail um, because. Even if it's on Facebook, it's initially going to go to that thumbnail and then it'll open up the video. But you need to get attention before people uh, – I mean, attention's the name of the game. So you got to get someone's attention first. Then you right. got to deliver an awesome message. Then you got to get a click. So it's attention is number and, one. And, and as I say – yeah, and as I say to uh, to everyone, uh, when you know regarding what kind of content should you be putting on Instagram, it's you. The first thing you have to think about is creating content that someone will talk about, whether it's controversial or uh, you know it doesn't matter. Is is it going to elicit a response that is going to make people want to say something? I mean, one of the the I mean, this is the trick that uh, the current uh, commander in chief has used very effectively love him or hate him everything he does uh, uh makes you want to say something right and is if you're saying something you're staying in the news he didn't have to spend any money on advertising really for uh his election campaign because he would continuously say things that were controversial getting people to want to say something go on reddit for instance and just read some of uh the articles about him oh my gosh it's like a it's like a monkey house people just throwing poop at each other so <laughs> well, to, you this, know, to this day you, to this you, day every time he tweets there's like an article written about it so it's like that's every time he tweets it's getting amplified into the news media like crazy that's free advertising right there every time Right. And, and so, and so, you know, when people talk about, well, CNN has a liberal bias and Fox News has a, has a, you know, a, a right wing bias. No, they have a money bias. And if they put people on there who are going to yell at each other, it's compelling TV. It's like watching a slow motion train wreck. So you, you, uh, you know, you can't look away. So that's really all it is. It's just a matter of creating content that people, I mean, I'm not saying get in, you know, there's ways to be uplifting as well. And I always preferred that type of marketing uh, rather than being, uh, you know, uh, knocking people down or, or name calling. 
uh, I'm always into empowerment and humor, mm -hmm. uh, which is uh, probably the best way because people will remember your content if it if it's emotionally moving rather than uh, you know demeaning or yeah. mean. What you talked about there reminds me of like Kanye West over the last year too, because you know every time he was in the news, he was just trying to do shocking things, and it definitely kept his name relevant. And as far as I know, I mean, his brand equity hasn't dropped much. So he's still uh, he's still doing just fine. Maybe people have a different opinion about him now, but it's uh, I mean it seems to he seems to be as relevant as ever by just doing what you're talking about. She's throwing out shocking content that people that gets amplified into the into the media. Yeah, we should play a game uh, later, which is uh, Conway, yes, West, or a crazy person, <laughs> and just like. You I like uh, just 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 say something that that a crazy person does or that Kanye West does. See see who's going going crazy back to a prior West. episode. We were talking about how like uh, that battle between Eminem and Machine Gun Kelly that they're doing like uh, rap battle videos against each other. <laughs> I like your idea that right. we should do a rap battle against Joe Rogan or or uh, or Gary Vaynerchuk so. or some of these other you know big <laughs> big podcasts out there. <laughs> I agree with you. But but it's also, you know, that gets into another another sort of thing about marketing, which is the episodic. You know, one of the things that we have uh, collectively as a uh, as a culture started to gravitate towards is the episodic nature of everything. So, you know, the uh, the MCU, for instance, which stands for Marvel Cinematic Universe, is really just like an, uh, giant episodes of a TV show. Completely. You know, they're very expensive. Yeah. And uh, the same thing with like the Star Wars franchise, uh, you know, we're, we're used to Netflix binging. We're not used to watching one-off movies as much. So uh, creating content that is uh, interconnected. In fact, I was just reading that Disneyland is creating these Marvel experiences in their different theme parks. And they're actually going to have the entire thing be story-driven and interconnected. So when you go to uh, Disney Paris versus Disney Anaheim versus Disney World, they're going to be different uh, Marvel experiences, mm. but they're all going to be interconnected with each other on some level. So um, That's interconnectedness. Very smart. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So interconnectedness with your uh, content. So for instance, if you create a piece of content that people have to go back and see the beginning of it, so story-driven content is going to be very, very big uh, moving forward. It's so. funny because there's a, there's a marketing coach that, uh, that I followed for the last few years. And you know, one of the things he says is that if you're going to do like a, a video or you could, I guess you could say a podcast episode, you should, you should create a, um, a part two and then don't include part one and, and see how, uh, cause, cause if you do that, a lot of times people will reach out like, where's part one, where's part one. And then, uh, that's the point you get people reaching out to you and that's, and then you, then you sell them stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's funny. I just thought no, it was but funny. A, <laughs> yeah. But, it, you know, it, but, but again, it, it's creating content that people are talking about. Um, and then that gets actually into another platform that people, I think is, it's totally underutilized, uh, should be utilized. And that's uh, live videos on your platforms. So creating like, you know, uh, you and I have talked uh, many times about uh, integrating live uh, video, but more and more live video is becoming a huge thing. So creating live content is something that you definitely want to start doing uh, as a marketer and integrating 
live content. And it's easy to do. It's easy and cheap, and you can just throw stuff up on the fly. Um, and, uh, and you know, it, 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 does, it does collect eyeballs. So uh, the reality is if we're going to see more of that. Pretty much essential if, if social media marketing is part of your strategy. I mean, if you're if you, if part of your strategy is going to be social media marketing, I think that it's it's getting to the point where it's almost essential to do live video as part of your uh, strategy. That's I mean that's how important it is. Right. Uh, unless you're like a, a brilliant brilliant writer, um, it, it's really really important to do live video because it, 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 it connects people to you as a um, a person. It, um, it, you get to interact with your audience. People like to interact with you. That gets them the opportunity to, to like you and trust you more. And it's, in my opinion, it's one of the most important things on social period. Yeah. And in fact, uh, that gets into the other end of it, which is, uh, text-based marketing. Uh, no one's going to read your text. So, uh, start thinking about visual content more than anything else. So content creation, as far as, uh, you know, that, you know, blogs were a thing, but, uh, even, even if I have a choice between reading a story or listening to a story, I hate to say it, I'm going to listen to it, even though yeah, I'm a big text, reader. Text-based marketing is already getting a little, it's getting more saturated already. And the, the theory, I mean, this is my experience with text-based marketing and I'm not, I'm not the, I can't say that I'm the average customer, but um, if I, if I read a message, that's clearly a marketing message, you know, I just, I don't even know. I mean, it, it shows up in my phone. I guess I read it because it shows up, but I won't even open it. So I mean, my, if you look at my phone currently, I have, um, 128 unread messages on my phone, um, because those are all marketing texts basically. And I just don't even, I don't even open them. So that's yeah. to me, it, it doesn't, I'm never going to click a text-based marketing ad, it's just not something I'm going to do. Um, you, it may be a Facebook Messenger ad, but not a uh, not a text based one. It's not going to get me. That's right. Yeah. So so uh, you know, really think about visual content uh, and uh, story. Another thing that I see is a trend that is happening, and this is something that you need to pay close attention to is community building. So uh, you were oh. just talking about uh, reciprocity, taking care of your customers, but also building a community around your particular service or product. So going back to the production company I was just doing some consulting work for, you know, uh, that's why I kind of recommended like, hey, why don't you start kind of like a movie club where you have your uh, your community that is interested in the movies that you're coming out with. So it uh, it creates a conversation and people are dying to be part of a community nowadays. It's uh, it's again one of the rises of, of why the uh, current uh, president has been so effective is because in some sense he created a community of people who felt disenfranchised. So now, uh, um, that's a that's a really good topic and I, I think we definitely need to do an episode on community building next year. So that's yeah. another prediction of 2019 will be an episode on that. Um, that's actually one of my focuses next year is to, is to get more into community building. Um, I, I'm a member of a digital marketer. They have a, a subscription service called lab and they have a, a whole certification course on community building that I'm kind of in the middle of taking right now. So huh. it's, uh, it's funny that you bring that up, but I, I mean, community building is definitely going to be one of my focuses going into 2019 because I completely agree with you that we're, we're moving into more of this, um, culture or this marketing technique where it's about community building. It's about taking care of your customers. It's about um, making people feel heard and personalized. 
And so um, less automation, more personalization. If you could integrate automation tools with personalization, that's awesome. But it's uh, the generic automation is is not going to be working. Like that's yeah. You you can use your email marketing tools will still be fine. But I mean, like the more generic you are in wording, like even if you go on LinkedIn and you you know, because I, I get so many LinkedIn messages of people that send these generic messages and I just ignore them all. But if if somebody takes the time to personalize a message, I will read it. I will respond to it. I just don't respond to generic text. It just I, I can recognize it instantly. If you if you lead with a pitch. I'll pretty much ignore you. Um, yeah, it, it has to be done in a way that's personal, and the pitch cannot be in the front end of a uh, of a beginning of a conversation, especially that's if it's right. a new relationship. Especially for a new relationship. Yeah, yeah, and so and you know and and that that means that uh, and we talked about this when we we uh, did our webinar on Instagram. If somebody leaves a comment on your platform leave a comment back and make it personalized make it very personalized don't just leave an emoji smiley or saying nice mm -hmm. or something just to save time if you if you take an extra five seconds with each of these people they'll feel a little special i mean one of the things about social media is that if somebody likes or responds to something we're doing it releases a little dopamine which is a uh, you know a drug that uh, that we are all addicted to so make sure that you are are very specific with people they give them that little extra service and um, you know that helps to build your community as well yep so uh, another prediction that uh, that I have here is the rise of AI so machine learning chatbots that sort of thing so a lot of companies in fact if you go to a website and uh, we've all done this uh, you'll see a little chat box in the bottom left hand corner and all of a sudden it'll like pop up and say hi it's Michelle how can I help you um, and you could type in your question. Uh, Michelle is not sitting there on the other end of a, of a computer waiting for your uh, response. You're talking to a chatbot. And the way that the chatbots work is that they have a certain predetermined amount of answers. So you can type in your answer like, hey, um, uh, or your question, hey, how do I get customer service or whatever? And it knows to pick up those keywords and will respond with answers accordingly. And if you stump it, then it will say something to the effect of, uh, hey, I'm going to escalate this, uh, your particular query. Can I get back to you? And uh, so the rise of machine learning and AI chatbots uh, for customer service, yeah. that is going to be a thing, which is also going to um, displace a lot of uh, workers. I was just reading an article about uh, the new, a new AI chess uh, system. That came, I read this article about maybe a week ago or so. But they were, they were saying that AI is now showing signs of like human intuition. So unlike traditional chess computer programs that are, are programmed to, um, they follow a very linear structure. Like they'll never sacrifice their own pieces to, they'll never like think ahead of like, you know, to the point where they're sacrificing their own pieces because they know of the larger strategy that they're employing. Um, they basically took an AI software um, that had never played chess ever and within a, a, I think it was like within like two hours, it was beating the best um, chess programs in the world. And it, it and it played up against, uh, I think there was a, there's a chess program out there. I forget what it's called, but it's it's been known to be the best in the world. And this AI system was beating it like, I want to say it was like 70% of the time it would, it or it, I think they played like 100 games. And it, I want to say it won like 40 of them and then they tied 60, but, and, but the, uh, 
but the learning, but the traditional chess system only won one game. So it was like 40 to one on the win loss ratio. And then the rest were draws. So it's, it's like crazy how fast these systems are learning. And now they're employing things that traditional software never did. Like the, and again, the the point that they brought up in the article was that they, the chess, that the uh, system would sacrifice its own chess pieces uh, with a bigger strategy in mind, whereas uh, the other computer program would never do that. So interesting. AI is coming. Interesting. We're going to take over the world. Yeah. We're all going to. AI, AI. <laughs> well, not, not only is AI coming, it is coming for you, baby. That's right. Once again, it's time <laughs> for the sex robot report. Oh, yeah. Uh. Give me some horn. <laughs> There it is. All right. There it is. Yeah. Absolutely not marketing related, but simply because I choose to worship our robot overlords when they come for us all. And when they look back through the history of uh, all things digital, they'll be like, that's a guy who respected the sex robots. <laughs> he was trying to so, educate the general public about them. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So uh, this is from The Sun UK. Uh, Caught with your pants down, sex robots could be hacked by (laughs) cyber criminals looking to record users while they romp. Uh, As sex robots become more complex, the risk that hackers will target them also rises. It depends what your level of shame so, is. It depends what your level of shame is. You know, I mean, you know, maybe yeah. I'm comfortable with that. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe that is my Snapchat channel right there, or my my Instagram live feed is just me, me and my sex robot. Oh God, <laughs> having a having a time. Uh, sex robots of the future could be hacked by uh, six cyber criminals who are looking to steal rompers' most intimate details, a security expert has warned. Cameras and microphones connected to devices can be commandeered by remote hackers looking to record filthy clips that they can use to blackmail Randy users. Randy users was actually uh, my uh, my porn name. Your screen name? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Tim McKay, senior technical advisor at software and computer chip firm Synopsys, says hackers could easily exploit people's relationships with their sex robots as technology behind them advances. He says sex robots of the future will likely collect data on their users to build more a personalized experience. Users are always exciting, uh, expecting more from smart gadgets, and security has not kept up with the pace. So uh, does that mean that you need to build a firewall into your sex robot? I don't know. Maybe. I'm more worried about, but, my, uh, uh, I'm more worried about my Amazon devices now, reading my emails, knowing my, you know, if I say something out loud, it's, it's fair game. I mean, I'm not too worried about my sex robot yet. Yeah, well, uh, what if uh, Amazon's new upgrade allows you to have sex with Alexa? Then, you know, then now where uh, are these being manufactured? Are they manufactured in Russia or China? Is that why we're worried? I mean, is that <laughs> like? I, I think it's just more of a general concern about uh, you know the the whole like just to them getting hacked in general. Like your phone can get hacked, your sex robot could get hacked. Uh, I, uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't have the answers to these questions. I'm just here to report them. Um, so all we can do is just wait until uh, the next Alexa upgrade. And with that, 
we conclude another fine edition of the Marketing Geeks Sex Robot Report. And especially, especially uh. fine, especially fine rendition and episode. What a great yes. one. Yes. Yes. So uh all right so uh before we close out the show we'd like to um go over some of the predictions for movies 2019 and which ones are going to be awesome and which ones are going to uh uh, suck robot uh electronics (laughs) so well, let's start with the obvious one, because I, I do believe firmly that Avengers Endgame, where the trailer just got released a few days ago, uh, is going to be awesome. I'm excited for Avengers Endgame. I loved the trailer. It's dark. It's gritty. It's whatever. But it's uh, I think it's going to be awesome. I'm excited for it. There's all kinds of theories out there already about what's going to happen in it. And I, I eat all that stuff. Yeah. Up. And I think I think, you know, the the non marketing because the trailer was a really short one. It was like a minute and a half. We barely saw any footage from the film. Um, and uh, I, I think that uh, the non marketing marketing of the film has been brilliant. Like, you know, they, you, you mentioned that they may not even release another trailer. I think that would be a really good idea. So, um, yeah, I think that uh, Avengers Endgame is going to be fabulous. And, uh, uh, you know, it's, um, uh, you know, the, the Avengers, like all of the Marvel movies, in my opinion, uh, is kind of like uh, having sex with your sex robot. It's, uh, <laughs> it's anywhere from mediocre all the way to mind-blowing. So, uh, well, I believe in, I mean, because Captain Marvel is the other Marvel movie and I guess Spider-Man, what's it called? Spider-Man, uh, far from home, uh, far from home. Yeah. So, I mean, I think Captain Marvel is going to be a very good movie It may, it might, it might be great. Um, it has the potential to be, but I think it'll be at least very good. And then Spider-Man far from home will probably be pretty good too. But I think Avengers is going to be the, uh, the, the home run. That's, that's yeah. my prediction for the Marvel movies. Yeah. The Marvel movies. Now, as far as DC, we have Shazam coming out. Uh, Shazam is, in, <laughs> you know, it's going to be kind of a comic take on uh, uh, the superhero. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm not, those DC movies have been very mm. not good. So, uh, I, I don't, the, yeah. Cause it's like, it's like the movie big, but for superheroes. Cause he's like a kid that becomes an adult superhero yeah. kind of thing. Is that I mean, the, yeah, yeah, I'll go see it. Uh, and, uh, and then of course there's two other superhero movies. Uh, there's dark Phoenix. Did you know that there was a, another X-Men movie coming out? I had forgotten about it until, uh, I went and saw the movie Creed two tonight. I mm-hmm. saw that tonight is also a very good movie. I don't like to go too much into details on it, but, uh, yeah, they had a trailer for Dark Phoenix in the front of it. And I think I it's kind of all about it. Yeah, I, I did too. I, I, I predict a, I predict a, a, not a flop, but I, I think it's going to lose money. That's what I yeah. think. I think, I think, I, I don't think it's going to be good. And there's actually another superhero movie. This one is kind of interesting. It's called The New Mutants. Remember The New Mutants? Where I it's a kind of a, too. yeah, it's a, it's <laughs> yeah. a horror. It's, it's like a horror superhero film. So, um, that should be interesting, but I don't think either one of those are going to do very well. I think that uh, we are actually starting to see the early stages of superhero fatigue. Um, but in that, well, let's same- not stop there because uh, let's not stop there because we have the movie Glass, which yep. is the uh, the highly anticipated sequel to the movies Unbreakable and what was the other one called? The Split. 
yeah. sequels to Unbreakable and Splits, where they combine the Bruce Willis character with Mr. Glass and uh, was it the Beast or something like that? Yeah. So that looks interesting. Um, I predict that it will be a small hit. I think it'll be profitable. It won't do that well. And then the other superhero or DC comic movie, the one that I'm actually most excited about is the Joker movie with Joaquin Phoenix oh, because that yeah. movie is a wild card. I have no idea what to expect. Um, I hate the idea that Todd Phillips is directing it because he direct. I mean, he's the director of uh, Old School and The Hangover and the he's comedy, a comedy movies, director. So yeah, he's a comedy director. So I mean, I don't know. Maybe he'll be okay, but I just don't. I don't see it. But so, Joaquin uh, Phoenix, I could watch that guy eat breakfast. So um, completely, yeah, completely he should. He should be. Uh, that should be pretty good. And then we uh, uh, we also have a Hellboy movie coming out as well. So uh, a Hellboy reboot. So uh, they're, they so comic uh, books are taken care of. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Uh, we also have a live action Lion King, which is funny to say because it's not live action at all. Um, it's all computer generated. So. Is it? Uh, it's, it's not. You know what it is. It's it's live action backgrounds. Oh well, in that case, <laughs> it's it's computer generated. It's CGI animation on live action backgrounds. Yeah, which is the future. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, John Favreau is uh, directing that. That should be. Uh, and they're bringing back James Earl Jones as the voice of Mufasa. So, which I think uh, is. A, I don't like that idea because it's just like you're basically remaking the original. Then, which I mean, I, I mean, I. I mean, he's good. Obviously, I like James Earl Jones, but I just like I feel like is this really necessary if we're going to use the same voice actors? Even well, yeah, or, it's it's it's, a, it's almost a, yeah. a shot for shot remake of uh, of the cartoon, just live action. Which is speaking to me of more, those, they have yeah. a, they have an Aladdin shot for shot remake coming out too, a live action yeah. Aladdin and a live action Dumbo. So we're getting yeah. three nice Disney movies, uh, and then on top of that, we're getting two Disney sequels: Toy Story four and Frozen two. So uh, in case you're, uh, you have kids out there, get ready to go see a lot of Disney movies this year. I uh, refuse to show my son uh, Frozen. I just refuse. I will not do it. I've known too many parents whose lives were ruined by uh, having to replay Frozen over and over again. But Frozen 2, you're going to take him to Frozen 2 though, right? Nope. <laughs> not going to happen. Not going to happen. What, I, think what we need to, I think we need to kind of wrap this up here because we're, <laughs> we're going pretty long. <laughs> That's true, but we uh, but a lot of it. What, what what's the big movies uh, that you're looking forward to? Leave a comment in the comment section below. And if you like the show on any level, uh, the you know, and you don't want to donate, at least like leave a comment, leave a five star review, yeah, leave a we review would, to something. Yeah, we would love it. Even if it's and a negative review, just tell us how bad we are. <laughs> that's right. Give us something to talk about. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, another fine episode of the Marketing Geeks comes to a close. Now we do. We didn't talk about it, but there is a Star Wars movie coming out next year. It's called Episode Nine. There's no subtitle yet. There's a Terminator movie coming out. There's. Uh, I mean, these are movies I want to see. I just have no idea what to expect from them. Yeah. Well, it's going to be a wild card year. That's for sure. So. Um Ladies and gentlemen, we love the fact that you listen to the show. Is there anything that you want us to cover? Any? Uh, do you want to be a guest on the show? Do you have anything to add? Reach out to us on LinkedIn. We answer most questions. And with that, another fine rendition of the Marketing Geeks has come to a close. I think we have like one that more right. show before the end of the year. So um, maybe two. 
Yeah, maybe two, but, one or two shows before the end of the year, but we are getting close to the end. And we've been on the air now for, this is our 20, what, 27th episode? So more than half of episode. a year's worth yeah. of content. Man, we've been doing this. We're veterans. I know. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, have a wonderful rest of your day. Be empowered. Create something awesome. Share it with us. We'll give you a shout out. And with that. And most importantly, stay classy.